0: This is a Shock Podcast.
1: Shock. Hello, everyone. Gladiators in Suits This is Jonathan Hi everyone This is Jed And welcome to episode 8 of From Grit to Great podcast Jed, how's your week so far? It's always been as usual Very busy that's a, that's <laughs> a, What he just
0: said oh, mm, He's had a rough week mm-hmm. I think you've had a. R- yeah, I don't even want to talk about it
1: I just want okay. to focus on something Beautiful and nice and Okay, happy since and you said that hopeful. Since you said that Before we start our episode Let's talk about You know, at the Discovery that we had this week that we think adds value to our life. And I think that should be the starter topic every time we do our episode. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. My fascinating discovery of the week is I just came from a beach trip in an island in the Philippines called Shargao. You have to Google it if you haven't seen it yet. S-I-A-R-G-A-O. Shargao. It's an island that's not very advanced in terms of technology, but it's so rich with natural resources and beautiful white sand, peach-colored sand beaches. There was blackout one night and we all just couldn't sleep, no air conditioning, no lights, just candles. But the hotel we were staying in was so prepared because everything, their appliances were all solar powered. They didn't even need to use a generator for it. So our electric fans were solar powered. Our flashlights were solar powered. I was fascinated to discover that even if solar power is something that I think is not as accessible, it's so mainstream in this island. And then the one of the admins of the hotel told me, you know, you should check out Lazada or Shopee. There are so many Appliances that you can buy that are solar powered, and so you know what? What I ended with, I bought some flashlights, chargers that are all solar powered Mm. because in a case of a doomsday scenario in Metro Manila that there is blackout, I feel that I want to be prepared. So I feel so good about that. What about you? For me, my discovery this week is actually a film that I saw.
0: This was a 2019 film. Is it it on
1: Netflix, by the way?
0: It is on Netflix. It is. is, It's called Midsommar. I'm not a big horror film buff, but this really intrigued me. So it's basically a real festival Festival that happens in Sweden in June. Okay. Uh, so that's basically the uh, the premise of the film. It, it is partially accurate in comparison to the real festival. But this film is more violent. There's more paganic cult activities involved in the film.
1: So when um, you say, by the way, when you say it's a horror film, it's all humans. There aren't it's supernatural. All so
0: it's all humans. What's more interesting about this film is that the entire film, because it was a festival, a real festival, it was filmed everything during the day. So everything is bright in the entire film. Well, except for one scene, which is the dawn. Not, but no scene is actually in the evening. So it's quite rare for having horror movies that are actually just shown
1: during the daylight. Interesting. Or filmed during the daylight. So and wh- yeah, sorry, what, what's so special about it? Is it like it's basically just full of gore?
0: Well, well, there are there are some violence. There are some cultic activities involved in the film.
1: Thanks for a recommendation, but I will still not watch it because I don't like watching <laughs> horror films. Speaking yeah. of things that were Scared of. I think this is a good segue now to our topic for this podcast episode, and that is bosses. A lot of us, obviously, when we start working in the corporate world, having a good or bad relationship with your boss is something that we're very concerned with. And I think we want to talk about the question. We want to ask the question in this podcast, how close should you be with your manager, with your boss, with your leader? At the end of the day, you'll be spending eight or more hours with this person. In fact, if there's any other person in your life who you likely are going to be spending a lot of time with on top of your friends and loved ones. And Some colleagues It will be your boss If you were to reflect On all your bosses In the past How close have you been With them On a scale of 1 to 10 I think it was 7 or 8 maybe How many bosses Have you had in your life I've had 6
0: a two yeah, i think so. two technically two two well, the, okay.
1: the boss means your direct manager right that's right the person who to. evaluates you mentors you coaches you i would say seven as well because i've had some very high nines or tens but i've had some bosses who were like four or three or five so i think i will even out to seven as well by the way for our listeners you might be asking okay let's make it more understandable here what do we mean when we say that you're close to your boss what's the metric in this discussion we'll consider someone as close when they've been part of some of your momentous occasions in your life like for example they get invited to your personal birthday parties mm-hmm. in the Philippines your boss has been the ninong or ninang or the how do you call it in English godfather again godfather the godfather Mother. or the godmother you just casually can share any of your personal issues in your life without any hesitation to conclude your emotional bank account with this person is high. Jet, do you remember EBA yes emotional bank account is the amount of love you've deposited with your colleagues, so that no matter how many mistakes you make in the company, you're still forgivable and you're still lovable. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is our definition of being close with your boss. And Jed and I, for this episode, are going to talk about assuming that you want to be close with your boss or assuming that at some point, because you've spent so many years with your manager, what are the pros and what are the cons of being close with your boss? Okay, I'm going to start first with the pros. First one, my favorite concept is the concept of psychological safety. Safety by Amy Edmondson. So psychological safety is the idea that you'll judge by your colleague every time you ask a question, you challenge their ideas or you propose new programs or options simply because you are afraid that they will think that you're giving a wrong idea or that you're challenging your authority. And the good thing about your boss being a friend, someone that you're close to, is that psychological safety is high, which I think it means that your quality of happiness at work is also going to be high because instead of hesitating, Instead of being anxious, you feel like you're just talking to your friend or your loved one. How about you, Jed? What do you think are the pros with being close to your manager? I think your on, boss? on
0: a personal note, in a personal experience as well, one of the pros would be is that you have someone that you can lean on as a personal team. Mm. So on my experience, for example, my direct boss, he would always be the one to guide me and counsel me. Should there be any crossroads that I would be meeting in How my old professional was this boss? career? probably was six, Nearly 60 years old. So and he how was, old How yeah. old were you at this time? Like 20, I think. I <laughs> think. <laughs>
1: Less than 20. Hold on, hold on, I hold think, on. No, hold no on. He's think,
0: not 60, sorry. Hold on, he's not 60. He must be 50s.
1: Okay, regardless, even if it's a year difference, I think he's like treating you like his son. No. Or not, that's not why he sees you like a son.
0: It's a very, very professional bounds that we have, boundaries that we have. But it's more like he is really there as a person who is willing to guide me and give me a good advice as to when like I said when there are crossroads to hit when there are professional dilemmas that I stumble upon
1: may I add that's the kind of boss that I think is the ideal type even if you are at the crossroads of wanting to leave the company yep they will let you go not because you know you're forcing it but because it's what's best for you. And And, I can't stop you from doing that.
0: And you know, the good thing about this manager that I had was that he has been in the company for way too long. So Mm. he understands every single detail, every single dilemma, every single complaints Qualms and whims That I have About the company
1: So he's like Been there, done that Yeah, so and in that
0: regard He's very open And very transparent about I think you should leave I think you should not leave Or I think you should do this I think you should not do this Yeah So he's very transparent about that And and that's I think that's one thing About being close to your manager Is that he would be able To give you that sound advice That you would need
1: You know what I missed During the pandemic And this is the part Where it's a struggle For for most entrepreneurs. So when you're an entrepreneur, you have some advisors and mentors, but they're not really your bosses. You don't really have someone that you can just directly share your issues with. And I wish that during the pandemic, I had a boss that I can confide my personal issues with. Because if you have one, you know, I mean, we've talked about mental wellness so many times in this podcast. And I've had so many moments where I did really feel anxious about living alone, not wanting what happens in the future. I wish I had that kind of boss. If you happen to have one, during the pandemic who was there for you. Lucky you. I just, I just want to shout out, you are a lucky person. Yeah. I hope that there would be more people who would be in your position. What else can we add about, you know, a boss who you're very close with? Can I also add, if your emotional bank account is in good terms with your manager, I do think it can hasten your career progression. What do I mean by this? Mm. It's easy to dismiss that if you're in good terms with your boss, he will promote you just because he likes you. But I also think that he can promote you simply because because he sees the best in you. And so he can easily spot your strengths. He can easily spot your weakness. And because he likes you, she likes you, or they like you, then this manager will always fulfill the role of being a mentor and someone who sees you as their successor. So it is not surprising to say that statistically speaking, those who get promoted in their jobs are those who are not only skills and talented, but likely those who have good relationships with their managers. Because hey, if you're not in good terms, why would a manager even want to consider promoting you, even if you're such a stellar performer in the company. So that's a good benefit to consider. How about you, Jed? Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think
0: one of the things that is good about having a a close relationship with your boss is that your boss could be your future mentor even if you've parted ways. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very important thing to have. You know, many a times when people leave their companies, they burn bridges. Like they literally cut off their communication lines away from their former colleagues and former bosses. But, you know... There are also people who have continued to communicate and uh, contact these people, their former colleagues. And I tell you, they are much happier people than i've ever met them before
1: may may i also may also add the great thing about having your ex boss as your friend after you've left the company is you can still ask the same professional or career advice minus the professional tension yeah you know is that so like before i was hesitant to ask questions that might imply that i want to leave the company because i'm i'm shy to ask them but now because they know you inside and out they can give you the professional advice minus the awkwardness build that relationship so that even if you've left the company and even if you've parted ways you will have someone who will look out for your career and for your personal life
0: one right. thing is that is also important is that the networks that they give you is super oh, super essential I agree so you know in my case when i'm so close with my my former manager even until now we still text each other even he's in singapore and we're catching up on what needs to be done should i go there who should should I contact if I wish to
1: work in another true.
0: consultancy firm
1: or a professional
0: firm? So it's easy. He would be that person who would ask around on your behalf. And by and, the way,
1: can I ask also ask this? I've noticed this many times. Some managers, when they leave the company and they move to a different company, they are gonna ask you to join them to yes, transfer.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I've seen that many times. May I also give a shout out because I just came from the beach again from Shargao. And so there were just three of us who flew to Shargao and we met another ex-colleague. I came from Globe Telecom and I've met some of my best test friends in my life there. So one of them was my ex-boss. So hello to Rita, if you're listening to this podcast. So she was my boss and she was also the first boss who ever promoted me in my career, and she is wow. she's a good friend now. I I know her kids, I know her husband. I I've even had some consultancy projects with her two years ago. So she has been a mentor, a friend, and I consider her as one of the truest friends that I always turn to whenever I had issues in life. So it's great to be close with your manager, with your leader. Jed, moving forward, let's talk about the bad things because there will always be the ugly side of being too close for comfort with. Your manager. So I'll start. One of the things that I'm hesitant about keeping a close relationship with your manager is that sometimes when you get too close for comfort, it can be prone to abuse in the relationship, such that remember that there's still going to be power dynamics. And that is, you still remain to be the direct report, you're the staff, the associate, and someone has a higher power than yours. That's going to be your boss. So when I say it can be prone to abuse, it could be, let's say, for example, your manager is so close with you that they feel it's totally okay to ask you personal favors. I've seen this in some companies, even if it's 2022, there are still some employees who make some coffee for their boss. Even if you're not supposed to be doing that in your job description, there are still employees who volunteer sometimes to a fault, having to fetch the kids of their boss from school. Or let's say, for example, like filling in for a personal task, such as, you know, household chores, groceries, or whatever it is. I think it's okay to do that if you're really good friends. But I think that this is too close to the point that it can even hamper the time that you need to spend for work or for your personal time. And only because you don't want to break the momentum that, oh, if I say no to this that my boss is asking, she might think that I am, you know, not in the same boat anymore. And if it's my turn to ask for a favor, for example, asking for a promotion, she might not grant it. So you're always in this perpetual cycle of I need to give so she can give back. It's a race to the bottom of the pit. I
0: think in this case, it's very hard to really blur the lines of boundaries. Because- because mm. what is really work and what is really not work sometimes can be blurry, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and I mean,
1: I'll give an example. So I haven't seen much films that feature the corporate world, but are you familiar with Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, she was yeah, the executive exactly. assistant, but I think it has blurred the lines of like printing Harry Potter books in advance for the kids of Miranda yeah. Priestly is way beyond the ideal job description. So Because
0: at the end of the day, if your boss... Wants you to do something You as the employee Would definitely have to do it
1: Oh yeah So it's like you're being Emotionally blackmailed Right? By your boss Because I have to do this Otherwise I might not be fitting Or deserving yeah, to ask What I exactly. want next time. And
0: especially if you're somebody Who's just starting your work Although sometimes You know you, When you're starting work You can't be too close To your manager anyway But yeah mm. my, my point still stays That you have to please Your, your manager For whatever reason So no mm. matter what they say He or she says to you you would have to do it right so
1: second thing i'd like to add for the cons is let's say for example you're in a team of five or a team of 20 people and you're you're the one who has the closest relationship with your manager obviously guys the people in your team will see it as favoritism yep ah mm-hmm. you know jonathan always gets some coffee from boss x jonathan gets to be forgiven if he misses the deadline and i think this really undermines the dynamics of the team because what's the point of giving my best if it's not going to be recognized because they there is a teacher's pet in the team, in the room. So I think it drags down the morale and the engagement of people. Have you been in this situation yet or have you been the favorite instead of the boss?
0: This is also a bit slippery slope because when you're a favorite of the manager, it means that you're really a good, excellent employee. So you're- Not
1: necessarily. Oops, That's no, true. I disagree. You could be the favorite of your boss simply because he likes you for other things, such as, you know, he sucks up by giving you the nicest right remarks about your dress but, but you're not performing well that's true that's true maybe i'm just speaking for myself <laughs> yeah, <okay.
0: laughs> so to me that's my experience
1: you know but, but that's my- the kind of, sorry i'm, I'm going to say this that's the kind of favoritism that i don't mind because there is a basis for the manager to feel that yeah, way. Exactly. Right? Exactly.
0: Even that happens that favoritism as well could also lower the morale of the other colleagues,
1: right? Sure, because they think like I will never be able to give my Correct. best because and, someone and will already... never be
0: that kind of person. Yeah. You see? I agree. Because there's there could only be one favorite person of the manager, always. So there's always that stigma that there could only be one excellent person and nobody else could be that other person.
1: Okay, let's do the third one. What right. do you think could be a
0: So for me, it's about the
1: bad thing about
0: having a close relationship with your boss or manager is that you will be lowering your standards of excellence. Mm. And, And I mean that because if the manager sees you as... The favorite You would be slacking Like you were not Going to be putting 100% of your effort
1: uh, Because the manager Would always forgive you They will yes. not Call you out Agree so I, I've Nobody seen, will
0: call you out he I've always, seen this ah, kind this of process is okay. But I, I guess that This goes back To being the favorite Of, of mm-hmm. the team But this yeah. is more so About you As an employee and So it's you Because you're slacking Because you are Like always being In the backseat Oh I can I will not do this Any longer Because he will be Understanding about
1: it i just say this it's totally fine if you're contented with you know being average but i think you're listening to this podcast because you want to be the best of the best so it is in your best interest to have someone who will push you and stretch you even if you think it's time to give up and if a manager is always going to be on your side saying "Nah, this is okay no it's okay to be late then you're going to have someone who will keep on tolerating the bad things about you and i myself don't want that kind of manager right i want a manager who sometimes could be as evil as she could be as he could be because at the end of the day they polish me in from a rough diamond from a rough stone into the shiniest diamond so i would if i were to choose okay ideally you're you're supposed to have a boss who can be both but if i were to choose i'd rather have a boss who i hate but polishes me to be the best person five years or ten years later when i look back i will say i hated that boss but i ten times became better Version. So be careful. That's fair. Have you have you ever seen this kind of boss in your career? Like um, not necessarily experienced, but seen it from afar from another department. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there would there would always be cases
0: like that when the boss could be very very strict, could be very very reprimanding of every single thing, every single mistake that you do. But these are the kind of bosses that you would actually and and very distant, emotionally mm, distant, Emotionally distant, em- em- yeah, no sense of empathy at all. Right. I agree. There's a lot of bosses like that. But some bosses can be very Um, strict, but at the same time, you will learn a lot from them because they're very business and professional.
1: I think the 1980s and the 1990s definition of a manager before was, I need to clearly put a line between the professional and the personal down to like, they don't need to know my family. They don't need to know my hobbies. They don't need to know what I do. But I think in the 2000s, that has been changed. The idea that it's actually okay to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable and you show who your family is, your sports, Mm -hmm. your hobbies, then people take you down from that altar and see you as someone that they can relate to. And for that reason, they work and perform better. So yeah, I'm saying this because I think when the pandemic happened, leaders had to embrace the idea that I am no longer someone who technically equips my employees, but I should also be emotionally involved. Do you notice that difference, Red? Prior to COVID-19, mental wellness was zero, zero mention of it. But when COVID-19 happened, it was something that we all had to embrace. And now leaders who didn't like to dabble into it were forced to consider, how are you feeling? How was your weekend? How was your family? You know,
0: as you were saying this, I'm just thinking to myself, I guess the bosses need a salary increase. <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's another job for them
1: to do ah, uh, that's true, that's true. You well, know, everyone, hello, everyone had to cope. It's not like it's the manager who just added more tasks. The employees also had to ask it, had to add a different layer. That, that's task. a thing. No, no, another no, that's dimension. A thing. That's
0: a thing. You know, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because I have a friend who is a psychological advisor. Like he's a psychiatrist of some sorts. These people are meant. To take care of everyone's mental wellness, right? But at the end of the day, they absorb every single
1: uh, problem. Okay, agree, agree. To the point and, that they are like sponges that you know they and, absorb and, all the trauma. And these and,
0: people, these my friend has his own psychiatrist as well. Yeah. And yeah. to me, if the bosses are to do that, to also encourage their their, their workers, their colleagues, their um subordinates that's an added
1: task for them. So this is why I'm
0: not trained.
1: I agree. agree. So this is why I'm, again, it's, it's easier said than done, but you have to put a balance to the point that the closeness between you and your boss should come to a point wherein it's close enough for you to perform and function to the optimal version, but not yeah. close or too intimate that, you know, sharing each other's stories can affect each other's mental health. Yes, exactly. As well. Exactly, right? exactly. You know, I have a term for this, by the way, my term so this is something that i invented <laughs> something that we often share in our webinars and workshops i call it as the work relationship equilibrium so the work relationship equilibrium is like, are, are you familiar with the Goldilocks rule? I think I've mentioned it many times yeah. in this podcast, mm-hmm. like just Goldilocks rule, just like one, in the yeah. tale, moderation is key, not too hot, not too cold, not too soft, not too loud, just the right amount. So in the work relationship equilibrium, not too stranger to each other that you second guess what your boss wants that you end up not even asking the simplest questions when you ought to ask them, but not too close to the point that you can start abusing each other, uh emotions and yeah. relationships. So always strike for the balance. And again, there is no Bible for this. There are many styles and methodologies to achieve it. It's yeah. an art. It's an art. Therefore, sometimes you have to incur some mistakes for you to say to yourself, I'm not going to repeat that in the future. And so it's a trial and error thing as Correct. well. Correct. And it it really takes two to tango, you know. You, as the employee,
0: will have to test the waters first and see how... Vulnerable, how oh, open yeah. your, your manager is when it Agreed. comes to being very close. At the same time, the manager has to do that same thing as well. Being the manager, he or she must be very aware and conscious about the behaviors of
1: their employees. I've had these kinds of bosses we're in. You know those moments we're in, you're in the middle of a coffee or Friday night dinner with you and your teams and you crack a joke, your boss laughs, Yeah. you crack another joke, but this time it was offensive mm-hmm. and then you start you like ooh okay so this one didn't work because yeah. there's now i see the line yes those are those are the moments that i'm talking about because you will never have a bible for it as it goes along as the relationship goes further you will find out where that equilibrium is and it takes
0: years to build that
1: <laughs> years or months yeah i agree because yeah. you, you obviously can't have your boss in that equilibrium in just a matter of weeks or even six months i think it's too early all right thank you jed for talking about bosses do you think by the way that your people who report to you have a good relationship with you do you think you're close with them do you think that they are close with you uh, we talk about
0: personal lives but not too deep and, and, okay. and i wish to retain that
1: You know, my litmus test, by the way, is you're very close with someone if you can comfortably talk about politics so that you won't even feel offended if the other person is against yours. Mm. Do you agree? I think that's a litmus test. Because you can talk about Netflix, you can talk about other, but they can be shallow topics. I think I am, but I... I don't think I'm as close as I wish I would be only because my line of business is so remote. So if you guys are familiar with my company, JY Consultancy and Ventures, we've been remote even before COVID-19. So we don't really see each other. We probably have like dinners such as the Christmas dinner or you know some meetups if ever someone is within the same radius because some of my employees are in Cavite, for example. So I wish I would be closer. I think there's space for that. And I think it would even build more trust and therefore speed in what we do so i think these guys are listening so hint hint i think that's something we need to work on as a company so all the leaders and managers out there listening i hope you take it as a responsibility the ultimate role of a leader is to make more leaders out of others see you guys in the next episode bye
0: bye